Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Jack and Earl are here to make a point about Point of Light, Star Trek Discovery's third episode of the second stellar season. We're going to pretend like there hasn't been uh, a near insurrection in the country. <laughs> we did not nearly launch into civil war recently because who knows when people are going to be listening to this episode because I might be super slow on um, editing and putting them together and putting all the bumps and music around them. So we might be listening to this in, in like, 2025. Well, I don't know about that, but they might be listening to this in March, you know, and, and you know, because I'm being ambitious. Um, and if they're listening to this in March, um, I hope that this is still called the United States of America. <laughs> Ditto. So now the president has been asked by his uh, his council, or the White House council, and uh, Mr. Mr. Barr, um, who's the who was the head of the DOJ recently, uh, told him to uh, maybe not self pardon himself. I I don't know why they would tell him that because like I would if I were him, you, I would I would absolutely pardon myself. I'd be like, oh no no no, sorry, I'm good. Sorry, thanks me. Well, well, the other thing is, is um, he always does the opposite of what his um, advisors tell him to do. Well, that's good because he would be an idiot if he didn't self-pardon. Like, it, well, not only that, but the the other thing that people are worried that he would do would be uh, um, resign, appoint Pence as president. Yeah, order Pence before he resigned to pardon him. Yeah, man, totally. And if I was Pence, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then not pardon him. Once I'm president, I'd be like, no, homie, no, you're going to jail. <laughs> I know I said I was going to do it, but, uh, we, you know, we, we tend to lie in this in this White House. So, you know, just be used to it. So, uh, um, so Point of Light, which is the third episode of season two, um... I, for some reason, you know, I think in my head, I think of season two as being as having a title. Like why I don't the way that this show is being written, um, I feel like every every season should have a title because it's one story. It's like basically a novel, right? And I feel like season one could I don't know what season one could be called, but for some reason in my head, I think of season two as brother. Like the whole season is just called brother. Well, the hard thing with coming up with titles in the first place trying not to come up with a title that's a spoiler like when we were kids my we were starting to get into those uh ghost stories you know and uh we asked dad to come up tell us a story and write a story for us and he came up with a story and he he says and it's called bricks no wait because that's a spoiler uh but well he didn't call it a spoiler but you know he did kind of say I, I don't know what the title is because he had to back battle from the title of Bricks and what it, and it turned out that in the story my dad was uh, doing a job of like masonry you know to pay for college and the adversary of the story which was not my dad I don't I don't remember if he mixed the body into the bricks and then made the bricks or he bought the bricks the adversary stole the car well this is how it did end the adversary stole the car and then he, you know, accelerated away with all these bricks piled up high in the station wagon kind of vehicle. And um, he came to a sudden stop for some reason, and all the bricks come flying forward and, and smash him to death. Ooh. And so calling it bricks, yeah, that's a trippy end. Uh, calling it bricks would have kind of, you know, if I was into like logical thinking and, and, figuring stuff out by then um 
then I probably would have been able to figure it out. My sister certainly would have. You know, when when I was a kid, I used to watch mysteries and not try to, I, I didn't like trying to figure out mysteries because I, I like to watch the story and see the story and how they figured it out. Oh, sure. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that was the shortest version of uh, Bricks that I've ever told. And I should probably try to remember the details and try and tell it myself. But anyway. Oh, I'm super excited. I hope you, you maybe, maybe you'll remember it for next time. Twitter or Instagram poll. Do you want to hear my dad's uh, Halloween horror story? Uh, send, us, send, us, send us a tweet or, uh, or, or send us an email, which you should see in the description. Neither of which exist yet. We'll have a Twitter in, in, the, in the description. Uh, that'll be, you know, for the show. And we'll also have an email in the description that's for the show. So, reply to that. Let us know if you want to hear the Bricks story. Because, you know, it's 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 going to be the next series. The seventh Star Trek series of the 2020s. It's called Star Trek Bricks. <laughs> 20s, uh, 20s, plural. Are you, is what and we're not going to tell you oh what God. happens at the end of it. It might have something to do with Bricks. <laughs> I, I thought I did. As I was saying, in Point of Light, which is directed by the outstanding Alexander Olsen-Sanmi, Frakes thought he was outstanding. So, he must be outstanding. Uh, he did some some of the first season episodes, which are pretty good. And he's also like one of the 20,000 directors that's listed at the beginning of this movie. Michael Burnham, she almost gets uh, plowed over by uh, three people running to the bridge because it's a red alert. And Tilly runs through her ghost friend. Yeah, Ahern. May Ahern. For some... Yeah, Aaron. And for some reason, she's wearing a disco t-shirt, and she's a ghost. It's like, she should be wearing whatever she died in. Right, like, wouldn't that make sense? So that's what, so anyway. what first tipped me off to, like, this is not a ghost, this is something else. That's just using mm. somebody's memory. Um, well, I'm just reali- I'm just thinking about this now. I don't remember if I made that connection later earlier. But... We find out that um, that that uh, Kolsha, who is played by the inimitable, um, now I don't know his name. I think his name is Kenneth. Oh, geez, why don't I know his name? Are you talking about the Klingon? With the, about the, Kenneth the human Klingon. His name is Kenneth. His name is Kenneth. I don't. Remember. So he played Cole. Okay from you know the guy who painted red on everybody's faces that was him and then later after he was killed he played the guy's father um Kolsha, right and then later he played cole's or no not Kolsha, but uh uh tyler or actually volk and laurel's son tinevik okay. and he also plays uh, a character in season four of discovery he was totally unrelated to all the other ones i'm sorry season three of discovery he was totally unrelated to all the other i was gonna say they have done anything with season four so they just brought the uh person aboard from the shuttle they just as they're beaming her aboard they beam into her perspective and she's walking over and it's amanda and uh michael's surprised to see her and they they they're embracing right now um and amanda's like i'm so sorry or something so yes this is the episode that opens up with uh the mysterious shuttle and they don't know who's on it, and they can't read the registry or something. So yes, you were right. Okay, so this is the one where they show up with with Amanda. 
Also, I'm not always the greatest at connecting these names on screen with the actors and the characters that they play. Um, it's a struggle for me because they don't like in the opening of the next generation they give you the character's name and I'm like oh okay that's, that's a good that point like, they say the this person as this person that is interesting yeah. that don't, oh that's really interesting. but see another thing is that like they really don't list a lot of the actors like they list 20, 20 producers and they, they yeah. don't list like like they don't list Ronnie Rowe Jr um, they don't they don't list um uh, you know, all them other people. Well, maybe they want the opportunity that if they're not an accredited actor, that they can kill them off. Which is probably a good move. They didn't list, uh, they didn't list, uh, what's her name? Well, we'll have to get there in a second. Um, <laughs> so, at the same time, Amanda's talking to Burnham about this, this stuff. Uh, and Burnham, okay, so there's this moment that kind of blew my mind that I didn't really quite understand until, like, maybe like halfway through season three even though they're like not related like the season two and season three are like not really related at all but the part when Burnham tells Spock she wants him to get the hell away from her and then calls him a weird little half breed like I totally didn't get that that like broke his heart oh what at the when they were kids yeah yeah and okay. what it is is that like they still had to live together cause they were still kids right so like how did she not fix that before they left? Like, was Spock being all Romulan and, like, he's like, screw it, I'm not going to try to fix it? Mm-hmm. Because the Vulcan way would have been to, like, mend the family. Because it's a, it's a four-person family. <laughs> so they're presenting this as a four-person family dynamic. I know it's a five-person family dynamic because we're just not mentioning Cyborg, but he exists, right? I saw a whole movie about him. Uh, <laughs> So in this four-person family dynamic, the good of the many outweighing the needs of the few or the one would be Spock saying, okay, yeah, I'm hurt, but I need to get over it so that my family can be like, oh, you can all eat together at the same table, right? So let me... Well, the only thing we know about Cybok is we don't know that they, he lived at the same, in the same home as them. You know, he, he might have lived with sure his mother. No, because he said, because Spock said in Star Trek V, he said, oh, don't leave me. Oh, you know what? I think I might be thinking of a deleted scene. Because mm. there was a deleted scene when Spock was like, no, don't leave me as like a little kid. And what's weird okay. is they had Leonard, <laughs> they had Leonard and Boy um, doing a voiceover. Well, no, they had some little kid doing a voiceover and Leonard and Boy was like lip syncing. So you see Spock on the screen in his like red circle uniform going, no, don't leave me. It's like, no, don't leave me. It's really weird. And I think that's probably why they deleted the scene. <laughs> so over over on uh, on Kronos, we have uh, we have all the stuff. All the stuff is happening. So like, Tyler's there, and he's is like the albino. Tyler the albino Klingon. Yeah. Um, and the albino. Yeah, but he's not. He's not the same albino that uh, killed the family of uh, Kor and. <laughs> and he's also apparently not. A, I mean, no, I guess he's not because that guy would have that guy, the the the, the albino Klingon would have originally existed. He, did he, he originally existed in the original series, right? He's he's who uh, Kor Kang and Koloth were after, right? Wait, yeah. Kor and and that. Kor and Cole. I get confused between Kor them. Kor and Cole, like it's very confusing. I don't know why they would make them so close. Kor and Cole. <laughs> why Kor, do we make some of our names so close? Kor Kang and Koloth. 
for the ones that were hunting the albino Klingon in Deep Space Nine. They they never said what race the uh, albino is that they were chasing. Wait, they didn't call him an albino Klingon? No. They kind of make him look like a Klingon, but his ridges were his for if you remember his forehead ridges aren't that pronounced. Peter, I don't remember that well. I wish I did. Well, I mean, we're in twenty twenty one, so Oh yeah, and it came out in the nineties, so for sure, yeah, it's been been twenty years. Thirty years, probably. Hey, I'm not that old. I don't know, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I aren't I younger or older than you? I don't think you are. I was born in 1976. Oh, okay. You're three years older than I am. Uh, approximately, you know. I mean, I was born in November. I was also born in November. Okay. So, uh, oh, wait, that's right. I think I remember your calendar reminder for your birthday le- last year. Yeah, it should have so, come up on yeah, better. I guess. Oh, that's right. Back on Clean. Uh, Crum. The name of that planet has changed a few times, hasn't it? Kronos? Yeah. Because the Klingon homeworld, I remember it being spelled K-L-I-N-Z-H-A-I. Klinzai. Have you heard of this? No. What? Okay, maybe this is a role-playing thing where, like, maybe in the role-playing books since they didn't know the name of it. Because I don't think it was even called... Or it could be in a novel. I also... I, that may be true also. And I also believe that during Star Trek VI, I don't think it was even called Kronos in Star Trek VI. I think it was called the Klingon homeworld. No, it was because they named the ship that was bringing um, the 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 chancellor. His ship was named after their planet. It was almost like they called it Earth One. Kronos One was the name of the ship that came. And why would they call it Kronos One if it if there wasn't already a pre just a Kronos? I gotcha. I, I totally um, understand. Totally makes sense, and I sit corrected. So, Kolstad comes around and he's threatening to kill um, Ash Tyler, who used to be Bulk, who was fracking Laurel, and the two of them had a child, and Laurel kept the child secret, not only from the Klingon people at large, but also from Volk, who is, of course, now in the body of Ash Tyler. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I really finally realized what the hell they did with Ash Tyler and Volk. And this is crazy. Like, so what they did is basically like, so your brain is connected to your entire body through nerves, right? And it's a whole, like, nervous system, right? So what they did is they cut Ash Tyler open, cut his, like, arms, and cut all his limbs open, and cut his whole body open, and cut everything open, and they cut, uh, Volk part as well. And they basically removed his entire nervous system, which is his brain and all the nerves connected to it, and they put it inside Ash Tyler, along with Ash Tyler's brain and his nerves. So they're both in there. Is that crazy? Well, not entirely, except you have the mass of both of those and how, you know, you can't have... No, you wouldn't have... I mean, the mass of the nerves? It's the nerves. It's all it is. It's the nerves. The nerves are very... Well, yeah, but they're, they, they're, they're, there's still a mass to them, and your brain definitely has a mass. I mean, that's why it's called gray matter. Yeah. Still have, how could you fit the gooey spirally mass of your brain and and the second brain in there I mean it's, it's a little bit more solid yeah, than, man, I'm gonna agree with you I don't I don't know how that happens I'm gonna go but I'm gonna go ahead and give them a, giving them a pass like as if like okay that's fine that's what happened but like really like logistically it would have been easier to do by transporter you transported one guy's nervous system out and transported it like 
into the other guy's nervous system. And that way the, they would have been merged together and probably shared some matter. Well, another thing you could do is, like in a computer, I mean, they often refer to us as a biological computer. You could create a partition in the hard oh, drive, sure. the brain, the data. and and just ha copy over the data. Yeah. But do you do you? Um, but does it keep the spark though? That's a philosophical question, but that goes along the same lines of: Do you keep the spark when you're going to the teleporter? Yeah, that's. I've also I wondered about that as well. <laughs> I mean, they literally kill the original copy, or the copy of the copy but yeah they take it apart yeah they take it apart I mean or, well they make a copy they send the copy and destroy the original so do you lose the spark then and yeah I that thinks you're the original but and, but I <laughs> Star Trek that's why you're that's why you're science fiction instead of science fact some people say science fantasy too yeah, you know, science fantasy is that that swords thing that they do. The swords. Not necessarily, there's a little bit of fantasy elements I mean, to. Especially now, now in now in Star Trek, there is a lot of like something that seems like magic, like you know, putting a Klingon inside of a human. It's kind of magical. Yep. Philip Giorgio shows up on Kronos and is able to help uh, help Laurel and them to fix things. Like so, they. They quote unquote kill Ash Tyler, kill the baby, and you know Lorel's able to get rid of her weaknesses, which are those two things, and is is you know strongly establishing power without um, you know any any Achilles heels in the way. But this is the second time that Philip Giorgio has come to the aid of the Klingon Empire, which makes me wonder: is that going to be something, some leverage she's going to be able to use later? Because she's done a lot for Lorel. And Lorel owes a lot to Philippe Giorgio. Like she owes, she owes her entire, her entire like. She, the the mirror universe, Philippe Giorgio, right? I mean, well, yes, but the difference being what? In the, at this point, like, I don't know. basically, like one's an empress and the other one's a captain. I mean, no, but the but the, she's not an empress though. She she was an empress, but what have you done to me? Is like you know, it's done. Like you're, she's not the empress anymore. Maybe they regretted killing her off in the first episode. We had this wonderful actress, and we want her back. And you know, it's kind of like with Denise Crosby. You know, they kept on bringing yeah. her back. Yeah, that was a regretted leaving the show. That was a horrible mistake. Well, they say they got rid of her the whole Playboy thing, but then I read somewhere else that she had there was like a falling out uh, between her and some producers. Um, okay. So I don't know what the story is, but like I do know I, that I, like at the same time that she came back as her own daughter from the past, which happened before she was born. Yeah. You know, I just realized I need to forgive Discovery on a lot of their things because, like... I, well, you know, hold on, because you know what? Because that, like, that makes sense, like, because that's what happened. Like, she went back into the past, she had a kid with a Romulan, and then the kid... Like, that kind of makes more sense. Like, I, I can see how that works in my head. But maybe that's because I've been living with it for 30 years, not that I'm that old. <laughs> So like maybe that's why it just seems like it seems second second nature. So like now people who are like my age, who were who are the age that I was when I was watching Next Generation, for them, this stuff in Discovery will make sense. Oh, I pity them. <laughs> Not to put Discovery down. Like. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. So the the engineer Paul Stamets is what they refer to him as. I don't think he's an engineer, though. I think he's a mycologist, which is a scientist, not an engineer, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, and I don't think that the place that we're in, when we see Paul Stamets, is engineering. I think it's a science lab. I think it's a spore drive lab, specifically, that the ship was designed around. So I don't think that we know who the chief engineer is. Like, people, I've heard people that question, like, where's the warp core? Like, why don't we see more people in the place where Paul Stamets is? He's not the chief engineer. He's not the chief engineer. He's not the chief engineer. He's a scientist. But I think that's why the the, the new lady. You know what you're uh, talking the, about? This a different season. Just kidding. The the new lady, she the snippy lady, she becomes all. Oh Jesus, that is later in the season, isn't it? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. So I think that yeah, I think that I they. It's like the next episode, but. Oh Jesus, is it really? <laughs> well, you or, know, you know, one or two episodes now from episode three. We are currently talking about episode three, by the way, of season uh, two of Star Trek Discovery. We are, we are indeed. It's called Point of Light. We've been talking about it for a little while and got some on some rabbit trails and just kind of bringing people's memory back to. Oh wait, what are they talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> why? Why is this episode called Point of Light? Point of Light. Um, that's a good question. Thanks. I don't think they ever um, answered it. Do they have to answer it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know why episode one is called Brother. I know why episode two is called New Eden. I know why episode four is called. An oval for Karen. I know why uh, uh, number five is called Saints of Imperfection. I know why number six is called Sounds of Thunder. I know why Lights and Shadows, like If Memory Serves, Project Daedalus, like I know like, all of those are called with a point of light. What are you talking about? Okay. What's the point of light? Uh, um, Maybe I should go back and watch it. So listen, look down in the description, and if you see, if you know why it's called Point of Light, hit us on Twitter and let us know. And I'll give you uh, two isics for that thought. Two isics. Uh, four isics if you can send me uh, an, uh, send us an explanation of what an isic is. Because Amanda's mother is certainly from Earth, and she said, I don't know, my mother used to say it all the time. So, like, apparently an isic is a thing from Earth, not from Vulcan. Uh, are we finished with, uh, with number three, Point of Light? Well, now you've got me interested in figuring out why it's called Point of Light, but... Uh... I I might have to think you know process on that for a little bit interesting I might be able to think more deeply on that but uh, good night everybody I about support the continued making of this show through patreon.com let's talk about Trex is a production of anodyne relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you we review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team of whom no copyright infringement is intended you can reach us via email at email at let's talk about tracks.com you can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312 our producer is David Moody and our writers Jack and Earl are on Twitter as at trekstalkers and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now we record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.